0: You are now listening to the Michael Signorelli podcast, where we learn leadership, get deleted scenes from the messages that I preach each week at V1 Church, New York, and have a little bit of fun along the way.
1: Okay, so last week um, at V1, you were talking about Acts 17, and one of the crazy things about Acts with Paul is that Paul took... spending a lot of time in what time was it for acts 17 yeah. he was in athens athens okay yeah. so he's spending a lot of I can't time can't i pulled that off yeah you did you really did. <laughs> athens <laughs> what, what a random little scripture that you read but yeah. I, I read it again last night or and it's interesting to think of paul as a man starting a church yeah so when you i did the exact same thing in my bible um <laughs> you tabbed it yeah
0: For Uh, those of you guys listening, I tab my Bible out with, like, these stickies. Stickies? Colored stickies.
1: I actually folded the corner up. I'm not as fancy as you were. (laughs) Um, But Paul's spending all this time in Athens talking to people, getting to know people, preaching the gospel, telling people about good news. And the religious leaders there are like, what is this foreign thing that you're bringing into our town? Which Mike doesn't relate to at all, uh, (laughs) starting a church in Long Island. Um... (laughs) So one of the things that I wanted to kind of ask you about is, is how you know how have you found it? How have you, how how's it been being in New York? Like, how, what have you found being in <laughs> Long Island? You know, coming over here from Indiana and starting church with all the culture and you know, I know I've been to your church. Your church is amazing. So, oh, I love you. Yeah. Well, I need <laughs> I needed a church in my life. So how's it been? Starting being Paul for, for New York. Yeah, that's New a huge
0: York. compliment. I love Paul. I mean, yeah, Paul's Paul's amazing, like so I pro- I don't really deserve that. Um, but we do need Paul. So I'm gonna read something actually. So Acts chapter seventeen verse twenty two says Paul then stood up in the meeting uh, of the Areopagus and said, People of Athens, I see that in every way that you are very religious. For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with the inscription to an unknown God. So you are ignorant of this very thing you worship, and this is what I'm going to proclaim to you. And uh, so to me, that, that's been like the biggest thing I've noticed is that people are just religious. Mm-hmm. And I think when you define re- religion as a series of customs, you know, um, that, that's, that's my biggest barrier, I think, is breaking through religion. Which you would think like, okay, well, you're already halfway there because you're worshiping something, you know, but it's not, it's not like that because religions isn't, religion isn't halfway to God. It's literally in the opposite direction completely, Right. you know, because what Paul was bringing was a relationship mm-hmm. because see, here's how Paul encountered God. He was on the road to Damascus, this big bright light blinds him, and then God speaks to him directly through and says, "Hey, this is Jesus, the one that you're persecuting. I've got a work for you to do." Mm-hmm. So that's the opposite of religion. Like right. so, you know, what and then, so here's the thing, like religion is fixed, relationship is spontaneous. Wow. You know, he was on the road to Damascus and he didn't have that planned out, but God had a plan. And I think that like You know, I love Sunday services. We do them every single week. But if that's all you have, what you have is religion. Wow. You know, and I feel like people have been thinking that what we're asking them to do is just transfer religions. Mm. Like, go from your religion to this V1 religion. Mm. But instead, it's like actually abandon religion completely and come into a relationship with Jesus and come into a relationship with others. Mm. So that's... And so what I love is... Paul kind of points something out. He's like, yo, one of these gods you're worshiping is literally called the unknown God. So let me just tell you what his name really is. Right. And I feel like Long Island and, and even Queens, like, just a lot of Catholicism, a lot of Judaism, like, you know, it, it's, they, they know God by name. Right.
1: But they don't know God by relationship. Oh, my God, I was just going to say that.
0: Oh, yeah, tell yeah, me about so. it.
1: The thing that left up in my spirit when I read that was that people still don't know who God is. Yeah. One of the biggest things in in my personal journey when I was when I was searching and just trying to find something and, and, and knew that I that I wanted a relationship with God was getting to know who God was and what He really cared about. Mm-hmm. You know, He didn't. You know, the th- and the things and how many things that we talk about today. That God doesn't care about. Yeah. Like you talk about yeah. all the time, that many of the things that V1 does is is maybe cultural right now or popular right now, but it might not be 10 or 15, 20 years from now. But God's word will be the same. The only thing that hasn't changed since Paul, like the only thing that hasn't changed. Is God's word since Paul did what he did in Athens, what we're doing in Long Island. Yeah, but it's because God hasn't changed. Yeah, some of the yeah. packaging has changed, some of the yeah. things that we do has changed, and you talk about how like ten years from now we're we'll probably be laughing at some of the stuff that we're doing now. Oh, yeah so can you talk about like the the you talk about all the time with me how people seek God's hands yeah you know they seek when you know like every time you get your paycheck you say oh god you say a little prayer oh god <laughs> so or they you know if they're in a crisis or they're yeah. in trouble or they have tr- trouble in their relationship they run mm-hmm. to God as if he's nine one one can you talk about like seeking God's face like getting yeah. to know who God like, really yeah. is and what that looked like for you
0: well, I, you know, I want to first apologize for my coffee breath because we're huddled around this <laughs> this microphone in this cafe here in Ridgewood, Queens, and like it's kind of nice. I'm, <laughs> he can he's getting caffeinated by breathing my, my that's, breath. That's fine. <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, but anyways. Actually, I feel like we're kind of having a holy moment, Mm -hmm. to be honest with you. I started getting a little emotional. I've been very emotional these days, like, you know, moving your family across country to start a church. You just get, like, exposed emotionally and, like, but Ivan and I have spent the entire summer on some of these themes, Mm -hmm. and now that this is, like, round two of podcasting, actually being able to share them with a larger audience is just so um, incredible, Yeah, you know, and, Mm -hmm. like, It's just amazing, man, that like, you know, these are the things that we grappled with. And so I always said that people often they start by seeking God's hand. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times people are like, the very first thing they say to me is, Pastor Mike, um, you know, I'm praying that God would bless me with this job or bless me with this house or bless me with this relationship. You know, what else can I do? You know, I haven't gotten them yet or whatever. And I'm like, you can ask God, give, God, give me you. Oh, (laughs) yeah. And start Mm -hmm. there because when you, when you seek God for, his face and not his hands his hands are close to his face mm-hmm. you know and yep. like people like where the where God's face is his hands are close and i think that people miss the point that like the things that we are asking god for are all passing away anyway right you know what i mean the material mm-hmm. things like they they don't last but more than a 200 years max, mm-hmm. and they'll be in a garbage heap somewhere. Right. And God's like, I'm actually trying to give you something better than the thing you want from my hand. Mm-hmm. I'm giving you my eyes oh, yes. to look you in your eyes, mm-hmm. and the, my my mouth to speak and affirm your identity. My ears to actually hear you and have a dialogue and a relationship. Mm-hmm. And it's just like anything, man. Like when God's your sugar daddy.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know he he refuses to have that kind of relationship mm-hmm. because. He wants something deeper than that like right. he doesn't want to date you he wants to marry you amen and i think that like you know sometimes women have that phenomenon men probably do it too but more so women are like you know i just went out on the date for the experience you know for the dinner right you know or whatever i don't yeah. know if you know if i was really i don't know of
1: guys that do that <laughs>
0: <laughs> i tried to make this more like universal but I'm realizing that's probably not the case mm-hmm. but but you know it's like god really refuses to do that right. but i will say um sometimes sometimes mm-hmm. god actually gives us his hands first because yes. he knows on some superficial level right. that's going to be like the, the for example Paul we're talking about Paul in Athens Everywhere he went, there were signs, miracles, and wonders. And oftentimes they happened first, mm-hmm. then he preached the gospel. Right. So he would get these people in a place where it was like, did you see those sick people healed? Did you see all these miracles? Yeah. And it, it gave some validity to then the gospel. Yeah. So I've seen it go both ways. Mm-hmm. I've seen sometimes where like God moves and just rocks people's world. Mm-hmm. And then through that, they're like, wow, God really cares. But then I've also seen it go the other way.
1: Right. God mm-hmm. really cares and then your life moves.
0: Exactly. Like God's like, you're going to learn... A relationship with me because then when I give you that success when I give you those blessings you're gonna know truly where it came from
1: mm-hmm. and so. I was just thinking that there's nothing wrong with seeking God's hands there's exactly. something inside of us that instinctually knows that God is the only place that we can go to get an answer for yeah. certain things there's only some things that God can do, and even if, you know, you see non-believers say it, like you say, you know, the the name of Jesus gets said so many times by both believers and non-believers. When something goes wrong, you don't say, oh, Buddha, you say, you know, you know, so there's part, and God, the, the, the crazy thing is the sovereignty of God, the fact that God right. can use that, even if you don't come the right way, even if you don't come the correct way, or want the right, the want Necessarily want his face, he'll still build start to build that relationship with his hands. The thing that I that 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 I feel like most people struggle with is taking it deeper. Yes, is going away because now you know if if all right, let's say God solves a problem or He puts somebody in your life that starts to begin healing, or you come to V1 Church and you start to get that that community and that healing and that experience that you want from a from a place where you can get to know God. Yeah, how do we take it? to another level and start to get to know god's face as opposed to just seeking okay yeah. i want this i want that i yeah. want this and and like you said it's really weird when you first start praying to say hey god i want i just want more of you i don't know what that means <laughs> yeah but if you think about it in a relationship you know in the beginning of a relationship you're right you go you go on dates you go yeah. you see each other you know once a week twice a week yeah. and then you see each other at church or whatever yeah. but then mm-hmm. there comes a point where it's like all right this isn't enough I want more I want more of you I want more of you in my life you know I want you more on the phone more available to me like all that stuff kind of comes over time so how does how how do you make that switch with a God that you can't see man that is so good I'm getting that I'm
0: catching that image you're right like there was a time where I was dating Julie where I was just like the only thing that's going to solve this desire is we got to be together 24 hours Mm. like you got to move in yes and I think that like you're right there's some people I'm watching crossing that line where it's like it's time to move in with God amen Amen. <laughs> yes. But you know, I think that here's the thing I was thinking. In the book of Genesis, when we when humanity was created, it says we were made in the image and likeness of God. Mm. So to get to when you say God I want more of you, yes. what you're saying is and without realizing it is I want to know more about me. Mm. The wow. true me. Right. Because I was created in the image and likeness of God. Mm-hmm. So to ask for more of Him in your life is to ask for more of the true you. Mm. Like yes. that and that's the thing that i've I've been realizing, and I think that that comes through worship. Mm. and the other thing that I've been challenging people in this era, we are constantly bombarded by data. you know what I mean? So yeah. um, like whether it's our phone, whatever, like information, information. so I've been challenging people like, Part of your prayer can be silenced and should be silenced. Like right now, we're we're podcasting and it's like, while I'm talking, you're not. While you're talking, I'm not. And that creates a relationship. Mm. And so... I think that like, um, there's this guy, uh, Young E. Cho, he's got one of the largest churches in the world, Okay. and he was talking to this other pastor who came to him and said, why is it that uh, I have 3,000 and you have 300,000 at the time? He said, uh, well, how, how often do you pray? And he's like, well, I pray every day, and I pray for, I think it was like a half an hour mm-hmm. or an hour, and he's like, I can get all of what I need to say to God said in that time. Right. And Young E. Cho said, well, that's the difference between 3,000 and 300,000 is that I pray for three hours hours a day, and he said, um, but I'm not talking to God the entire time, I'm listening for more than half of it, Wow. and he was like, it's in that listening that I receive the ideas and the strategy to go and do, and I think that that is the wow. face, so like the hand of God is a one-dimensional relationship, you're just receiving, receiving, like give me, give me, give me. But um, from his hand, but the face of God is a dialogue, not a monologue. Mm. And I think that's when you're asking God, give me more of you. You're basically saying, um, I also want to listen to you, mm. not just you listen to me and talk to you. Mm. And I think that that's like a breakthrough moment. Like wow. some of the biggest, like that, okay, um, the whole church started off of that. Now that, <laughs> now that I'm saying it out loud. Mm. Um, I was standing in my garage in Indiana and I said, you know, God, you know, I just started to begin to pray generically. Like, I want to be in your will. I want to do what you want me to do with my life. And I just stood there. And it was like in this moment of silence that I felt this impression on my heart from the Holy Spirit. And I felt like the words were, go to New York and serve those people with your life. Right. And it was literally like the circuit of communication was completed. Mm. Like yeah. I said something and then God, God said, said something back. Yeah. And then, then what did I do? I packed my stuff up after Hurricane Sandy and came out here. Wow. So it was like, and then all of a sudden I got here, then God had all these moves here, And it's like that back and forth. Yeah. I think the that's foot lamp. what it means. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The <laughs> yeah. foot lamp.
1: <laughs> you're so good. <laughs> yeah. Do you? What do you? Th- I um. Mean, I had cause a question you're for you. Because you already drawn it out, the foot lamp and the yeah. floodlight. light. Yeah. Well, I had a. That, that's part of the foot lamp, right? Like we, we say we tell God a little bit of what we want, and one of the, the biggest things that I've realized is that. God literally hung the sun in the sky, you know, holds the universe together with the power of his will. A sovereign knows the, knows the end from the beginning, made us, stitched us together in our brother's womb. You yes. know, crazy things like save our tears in a bottle and counts the hairs <laughs> yes. on our heads. Like all this detailed crazy mm. stuff that God has the power to do. But a lot of times we don't ask or we don't even talk to God. And many times, mm. to go back to our theme from the last podcast, it's because we've been taught you have to memorize a prayer. You have to be on your knees. You got to be wearing the right clothes. You have to be. It has to be the right time. You can't have just sinned and talk to God. You can't have just, um, you know, had an argument with your wife and speak mm-hmm. to God. You can't have, have be having a tough day and talk to God. So, can so can you talk about how you look at that prayer? Because I you know, I That's hear good. in the in the leadership space you you hear a lot about meditation yes. and thinking and this and that. Well, in, in Jesus is the ultimate leader, yeah, in my opinion. Yeah. Jesus is the ultimate leader and he was constantly alone yeah. praying. And I and every and every time I meditate I think, okay The only difference between what everybody else is talking about with meditation and what we talk about is that we talk about talking to God, and then you just literally said, "Sit in silence and listen to what God is saying to you." So every time I meditate, it is a prayer. I'm thinking about, "Hey, look, God, do these. You know, what do you want me to do? I want to be in your will. Thank you so much for all the things that you give me." So can you talk about how you look at prayer and how you view it? Yeah, I love this. Yeah, uh, here's the thing. So.
0: David said, I meditate on your word, Mm. you know, day and night. I think the idea of meditation comes from this, uh, the root of it is secular humanism. Mm. So it's this idea that the answer, the truth is already inside of me and I've got to tap into it. Mm. The gospel message is actually the complete opposite of that. Mm. It's that the answer is not intuitively inside of you. It's outside of you as, you know, embodied as the person of Jesus Christ. And then after the Holy Spirit indwells and fills you, now the answer is inside of you. Oh, okay. So like, you know, just... So our version of meditation is not, because here's the thing, if your mind is full of toxic thoughts, mm. I mean, I've done speaking on that where it's just like the multiple tens of thousands of toxic negative thoughts we think a day, then when you're meditating, what are you tapping into? Mm. You know what right, I mean? Like right, you're going back right. to the sewage that's already stewing in your brain. Right. You know, so like for a Christian to meditate, we're meditating on on not our words, but his words. Oh, because God. those are the words, like the, the Bible, it says like the Bible is a, lamp, a foot lamp. Mm -hmm. you know, unto my path. And so you have the Word of God being compared to a light and a lamp that lights your path. You also, it says that the Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword that it pierces into the innermost parts of man. So then the Word is also sharp and it's able to cut and do surgery. So it's our words, and I say this often before I preach, like Mike Signorelli's words can do nothing in your life. Mm. The Word of God can change everything. So when you're meditating, you're basically saying, um, allowing your mind, which is part of your soulless realm. You know, your mind, your will, your intellect, your emotions meditate on something outside of itself that's now inside of itself as a result of the Holy Spirit Mm. and to me, the other thing too about the memorized prayers is you know, again, that's religion. religion, I think religion, the first person who wrote those prayers everyone memorized was probably a real prayer warrior. Right. And then the 30,000 person down the line right. was just yes. checking off of something from their checklist, you right, know? Right, right, right. So, like, for me, that's the difference. It's like... What if, what if what if, we did marriage like that like me and you are married you know what if there was a script that every day we woke up and when we woke up we looked at our wives and we said thank you for thou dais that you give me yeah da 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 <laughs> right. you know right like maybe the first date morning you did it it'd be like wow he's so sweet mm-hmm. then 362 mornings later she'd be like what's wrong with him right right like doesn't he you know is that it, it starts to become inauthentic the more times you repeat it right and I think that what I like about David is when you read David's prayers, and if you read the message version of the Bible, they're so raw. I mean, and you asked this really important question. Mm. You said, you know, or you said this statement uh, (laughs) after you sin, like how soon after you sin do you pray? Mm. And then that would—that's such a good question because it's like, well, I just sinned a few minutes ago. Maybe I'll wait a few hours so I distance myself from it, so I'm Mm. more worthy. Right. But David was like the complete opposite, man. Mm -hmm. He would literally come out of like his worst sin and just turn around fall to his face and be like yep i just screwed up Mm -hmm. but in the bible says that he had a heart after god right and it's just i think it's like god would rather us have sin in our life that we're dealing with and a heart after him Mm. than sin in our life and a heart that's facing the other direction Mm -hmm. you know so that's kind of how i look at the meditation
1: prayer thing it's Mm. like it's so interesting to hear you talk about god and to think in my heart like you know god loves you yeah. And we treat, we treat, and prayer is just talking to God and having yeah. God talk to you and fill you up. Yes. And we treat God as if He's looking at what's wrong with us every time we try to talk to exactly. Him. You're one of my, you know, you're one of my best friends, and when we see each other, we're so happy to see each other. Right. And when you see your kids, you're so happy to see your kids and yeah. hold your kids. And if you haven't seen a, uh, uh, you know, Julie in a long time, you yes. hug her and you embrace her because you love her. Yes. God loves us mm. so much. And when we talk when we talk to him like if i um, i imagine meeting god if you met god and god loved you like he, the first thing he wouldn't say is like, "Hey, you're not, you know, you're not in the right spirit, or you sinned yeah. five minutes ago, so I'm, so you're not going to talk to me. Right. Go into the other room and and get yourself into the right place mm-hmm. to 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 speak to me for a few minutes. Yeah. God doesn't work like that. Right? God is so happy to talk to yes. us. God love like you got like that was one of the biggest revelations for me is that God loves me. Yeah. And He wants to see me. And He wants to get to know me. He wants to show me the real me. Yeah. He wants He made me. He knows what I care about. He knows where my heart is. And a lot of things have been either tarnished or diminished by the other, the the disappointments in my life, the things that have gone hard in my life, you know, the struggles in my life. And I beat myself up probably more than anybody Mm -hmm. else does. So why would God want to talk to me? But I have to keep reminding myself. And that's what this book is about. The Bible, I've been, I've heard the Bible called the love letter to you so that God can let you know how much he, and that's what David knew hey at yeah. the end of the day God loves me at yeah. the end of the day I'm a tremendous screw-up you know I might be a king but I'm still that shepherd boy that you know just lost a sheep or whatever I, and God loves me and I'm gonna turn to my yeah. father yeah I need him right now I don't that's it. you know I don't need I don't need condemnation I need the identity I need yeah. the, the the love I need to the, the flooding of Somebody who really knows who I am and knows that I'm not like that. Yeah. Because you might take a snapshot of a picture of me and be like, and and say, "Hey, man, Ivan's a raging psychopath, or Ivan's really sullen or Ivan's really sad, or Ivan's really upset, or, or Ivan's really fired up and he's really yeah. excited." And God sees all of it and He knows yeah. who you really are and He's and He's and He's reminding us constantly, "Hey, look, this is who you are. You're, yes. you're a son or a daughter. You're you can come to me anytime. My dad, if I need anytime, you know, I remember one time." Me and my brother, we we have we know nothing about cars in the family, <laughs> nothing about cars, carpentry, anything like that. So we are, you know, our dad gave us a Toyota Camry that my our, that was handed down from my mom, and we just drove the wheels off of this thing. So one day on the highway, it died, mm. and you know we managed to get it off the highway. But you know I'm I'm 17 at this point, my brother's 16. Mm. The first thing that we do is call dad, mm. you know, and my dad shows up and helps us out and does everything. He didn't, I didn't call him and say, hey, dad, we're in trouble. The car's broken down. We need help. He didn't call me and say, hey, man, you, you know, you didn't wash your plate at breakfast. So you're on your own, bro. <laughs> right. like, my father <laughs> wouldn't treat me that on like that on earth. Yeah, God doesn't treat us like that. That's it. Man, that is so good.
0: I'm, I'm tripping because I've got to go to Long Island now. Enjoy. You got to go. But I want to say this. Ivan just dropped a huge wisdom bomb. It's about sonship mm. and religious systems need you to be afraid. They need you to be condemned. They need because that's what keeps you out of guilt. See, there's commitment out of guilt and there's commitment out of love. Mm. And it's just like it's a it's an abusive relationship that for one person. So like when you're in an abusive relationship, it works for one person. Right. Because yes. that person's like, I've got control. Right. So this relationship works for me. Mm-hmm. And so that's religion. Like, even the, the religious systems are set up in such a way, whether they, it's implicit or explicit where they're controlling you through guilt, through condemnation to keep their thing float mm. versus the <laughs> dynamic of love, which right. is dependent on like, I've got a purpose and a plan for you. That's mm. what I said last week. Yeah, we yeah. can kind of end it on this. Like Jeremiah 29, love it. I want to give you hope and a future. Mm-hmm. And that's a gift. And I didn't understand you talk about having a dad. Like I didn't understand yeah. how to receive gifts because I didn't have a dad. Mm. So, you know, I come from the perspective of like there was no one to call right you know and i think that there's listeners that are coming from your vantage point are like yeah god is like my dad who loves me mm-hmm. and then there's other ones who are like yeah god is absent like my dad was wow too. Mm-hmm. so what god has taught me in the last several years as i've had my own children now is like the same thing like your dad i'm like i want to buy them things i want to take them out i want to spend time with them um just because and and so for me i didn't know how to receive gifts wow. because i wasn't given many growing up mm-hmm. That's just the reality of it. Mm-hmm. So um, when I look at Jeremiah 29:11, I get this crazy revelation of like he says, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, right. which is God. Mm-hmm. And he says, I want to give you a hope and a future. And I'm, I, when you're an orphan in the spiritual realm, everything is a reward. Mm. So you you do something and you get a reward. Right. But to be given hope and to be given a future, that's a gift. And you don't earn a gift. Because mm-hmm. as soon as you earn it, it becomes a reward. Mm. So what he's saying is, like even when you're bad, Even when you screw it all up, even when you don't do right, I still want to give you something. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think that like V1 Church and what we're trying to do is just tell people like, these aren't rewards. Religion is constantly telling you, jump through this hoop, earn it. Mm -hmm. But a relationship is saying, no, this is a gift because I love you. Yes. Yes. So this was awesome, man. I think we still at least got 25 minutes out.
1: No, uh, well, <laughs> I think we're out of time. But we're definitely out of time. The biggest thing that I heard is 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 figure out. You know, ask God for a relationship. The biggest thing, you know, the Bible says you ask not because you have not. Start asking for some of these things. Start asking for a relationship. God will move. I, anytime, anytime I think about anything having to do with God and, and talking to Him and speaking to Him, I think of the prodigal son. Yeah. I think about you know the prodigal son going back to his father, and the second that, that his father could see him, yes. he ran to him. And I think and 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 I remember that anytime that I I want to make a move towards God and I'm condemning myself yes. and I'm like you know because I know me better than anybody else knows me, so I know the stuff that I'm I'm the least proud of. Mm. And But every time I think of God, I think of the prodigal father, the prodigal son's father, after everything that he did. After, yeah. you know, and yeah. I guarantee you the father knew he was broke. Oh, yeah. He knew that <laughs> what he did. He yeah. knew, you know, he knew that he was coming back probably in worse condition than when he left. And he still ran to him because yes. he was his son.
0: Yes. And he, he gave him a ring and a robe, mm. which is like a, a robe signifies covering. Mm-hmm. I'm covering you. Mm. You were in the pigsty, mm-hmm. but I got your back mm-hmm. now. And the ring represents an inheritance and a commitment. Yeah. When you put a ring on it, you're like, you're mine. I'm yeah. committed to you. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's like what God wants to do as you guys are reaching out for that relationship. He wants to give you a ring and a robe. Mm-hmm. And it's not anything you'll ever deserve other than when, you know, when you're a true son or daughter, it's like, it's a genetic disposition. Like nothing can change on a cellular level. Yep. Everly and Bella are mine. Yes. And no matter what their behavior is, mm-hmm. it doesn't change their DNA. Mm-hmm. It's, they're still mine. Yep. And I think that that's how God looks at us. Like I made them, you know, i said this sunday I said somebody uh, has been told that their entire life they were an accident mm-hmm. but god's saying like you know the humans can make bodies right you know we say oh you're having a child and it's like yeah we made the body but only god gave the life amen so god gave you life he loves you we'll see you guys next week from Bridgewood. Yep. god's got your
1: back we love you <laughs> come get coffee with, at the coffee house we love you guys <laughs>
0: Hey, If you're getting something out of this, why don't you do us a favor? Like, subscribe, give it five stars, leave a review, share it with your friends. uh, Tell them that you've got this favorite new podcast.